We are talking housing, housing, housing with Lance Lambert from Fortune. Uh, somebody you have to follow on Twitter. News Lambert uh, is his handle. We're going to be talking about home prices. Everybody wants to know about home prices. Lance, what's going on with home prices? I know you track this stuff all the time. Yeah, so uh, we just came out of a historic period, 124 months of consecutive month-over-month -month home price growth. From the bottom of the last crash, February 2012, through June 2022. And uh, the first half of that is really just recovering, right? And and really, even into like 17 and 18, that's just getting back to normal, right? And in, in terms of the historic bounds. And then the pandemic housing boom, we go up 41% from March 2020 to June 2022. And since June, we've now had four consecutive months of month-over-month -month, uh, U.S. home price declines. Uh, we're down 2.4%, uh, but 2.4% after running up 41% feels like a bit of a drop in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Let, let's take a look at some of the charts. Can I share my screen here? I think so. Okay. So here's go. a story I did yesterday. Um, and now this is also something we've discussed before, which is Case Shiller is not just like the middle of the market, like FHA and the Zillow value index. It's all U.S. home prices. Uh, and it does it by resale. So it's taking a home that's sold and then looking at previous sales. And they have this analysis for figuring out uh, the change in home prices. Yeah. Uh, so here's Case Shiller going back to 1990. Uh as you can see, uh, we've come down a little bit. That's 2.4%, but it's not as much as it looks. If you look at this, you know, you're kind of like, oh, you know, we get a few more of these, we could be close. We're down 2.4 with this. This is 26% uh, over six years. Uh, now we did have 2.2% drop here, uh, peak bottom. And then in that period, uh, we... And I, I think it was out your way, California, right? Some of the bust yeah. out that way. Bigger yeah, this, yeah, San Diego, Southern California, the military left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're getting some of that now in, you know, in some of these boom towns uh, and, and some of the bigger double digits, but nationally still 2.4% down. Uh, so not that much, but we have moved into a period of a little bit of a deflation in home prices. Um, and here's Case Shiller going back to 2000. Uh, as you can see, there's our June peak, and yep. we've rolled off it a little bit. It actually was faster at first, and I don't know if you could see this, but there's a little bit of a slowdown in this last one. Yeah, uh, it, it so, almost looks like it. Uh, yeah, it's decelerating less quickly or bottoming out or yes, whatever. You we want. got a yeah. little bit of a sharp drop there, and we're still only talking about you know, less than 3% drop. Um, but we have slowed down a little bit. And these two red lines are some of the peak to trough scenarios we've gotten. And these are more on the bearish side. So 20%, really anybody in the 20% ballpark, I put them all the way max, the most bearish. And there's, yes, I, I agree. there's a few there and a few of them like Moody's would need a recession to get there. 10% uh, now, a, a little bit under 10, like eight, and then like 12, which is uh, Ivy Zellman. She's at 12. This is kind of a little bit more in the middle. Um, we've now seen um, groups like 
uh, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Moody's Analytics. A lot of them now have migrated closer to 10. And we still do have some less than that. Um, you know, and CoreLogic actually thinks uh, we'll go up a little bit in the next 12 months. And Zillow thinks we'll just go down one. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are kind of like, oh, we'll go down just a hair. Um, but this is what it would look like. And so even if the most bearish scenario happened, it would take us back to February 2021 levels. Um, so we wouldn't even go back that far far back in time because prices wow. have went up so much. Um, but, you know, we're not moving down at a pace that would get us there. Uh, if you take the 2.4% drop we've seen and you annualize that, that would be 76 so to get to 20, we would need to sustain these little drops we've seen already for like three years, um, yeah. or it would need to speed up. So we don't, in my mind, in this data set, K. Schiller, have a path to 20 unless things were to really change um, in, the, in the near term. Like the spring market would need to like really start to see prices move down for us to have any path to 20. Yeah. And again, to kind of tie in our first conversation, I think a lot of it is inventory related. I think if you kind of, if you head into the spring selling season and we don't get a wave of inventory, it's going to be even harder to get here because again, the motivated seller, right? There's people that have to sell because they're unemployed or, or zoom town closes down or whatever you are. You need more forced sellers to have price cuts right now. We have so many people that have listings that are like, Hey, if I get my price, good. If I don't get my price, I'll stay put. Yeah. Right? So it's, uh, and, and you know what I call this dip right there? Mm -hmm. I, it was for sellers, just I buyers, but we've gone exactly. through that. Now. We've gone through no. the buyer dip, you know, so uh, I, I, I agree more? with you a hundred percent. And I've said that many times, a lot of, a lot of uh, Phoenix and Austin's and Sacramento's and Vegas, I buyers become I sellers and yeah. they have to sell. They're, they're exactly like banks. You read my book. I bought from banks and they sell with a pattern, right? Yeah. Redfin CEO, you said it on this channel. If it's listed for two weeks and it doesn't sell, cut the price 2%, cut the price 2%. That's the dip. And now we're bottoming out because I sellers are almost done. Yeah, so we, we've moved through that. The next six months, we do have uh, downward pressure still on new homes. Um, For sure. Because the builders, you know, they have a lot of this inventory they need to move. But I mean, I mean, maybe that moves it down more. Um, but, but they're, you know, but they're it, almost done too, Lance. They're, I mean, Lennar I, I, said they're going to sell 5,000 units to private equity. Yeah, but that is a part of uh, the downward pressure still. Uh, oh, great. There are the institutional side sitting there, uh, but they don't want 10% off from these builders. They want 20% is oh, what yeah. Alan Wolf yeah. over at Sonda told me. So they're there, they're ready, but they want more from these builders. So there's still some from the builder side downward pressure, but then how much pressure does that apply over to the existing market spillover? Um, so we we'd ha I, we need more to happen to have a path to 20. Um, yeah. uh, we're just, and that's not, that's just what the facts say, because we're annualized falling at 7.6. And this last one, if you just take it, which is 0.3 drop for one month, and you annualize off that one, then we're falling at like a pace of like three or yeah, a little 3.6, yeah. Yeah, uh, which I don't know if it's fair to just take the one month, but 
If you take the yeah. four months, the 2.4 annualized it, that's seven, six. Yeah. Uh, it's still not a path to 20. Uh, you'd need, you'd need more things to change. I think. I, I think one of the things that you pointed out that, that I agree with is we had some froth in the market. I buyers were doing stupid things. They were paying too much. They were artificial buyers with endless amounts of money and they overpaid, which distorted a few markets. They're now I sellers going the other way. But when we look at 2023 in total, it's going to be a more normalized market. I believe it was Ivy Zellman who said there's $110 billion in private equity ready to deploy in single family rentals. Yeah. And they, they want big discounts. So they want, big Oh, they discounts. do. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, well, th th and that's the thing though. You only there, that's a one time downward pressure, right? Is just the like the I sellers buyers and the builders. Yeah. But once you've moved through that, what do you got left? What, you know, and then there's also the fact the other downward pressure out here, the main downward pressure of the whole thing is pressurized affordability. But as mortgage rates move down and yeah, six weeks also, in a row. Yeah. Although we're I think now what what we're seeing in the bond market, we're going to move back up a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's real down big today. But yeah, we'll see what this week's average. They were six weeks. Yeah. Well, they're they're last week. So that that's mm -hmm. last, not this Monday. That's actually Monday back. Uh those okay, Friday back ones. Yeah. That's why okay. I just follow the mortgage rate daily. Uh yeah, they do uh, a good job. Yeah, they do a decent job. We're we're at six five five today. Uh, but then there's also rate buy downs. Not a lot of people are getting that actual six by five. Mm -hmm. um, so here's pandemic housing boom gains, total gains, March 2020 to June 2022 is that whole circle, right? Yep. And I guess little sliver off is the 2.4% drop. So a 2.4% drop has erased 3.3% of gains, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 3.3% of the gains total. Yep, yes. yep, yep. So total gains now is 38%, which is massive, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, have we, I, maybe you've looked at it because you're such housing focused. I do not remember a two-year period. Never. Mm. Ever. Never, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. I you You've read my book, I Invest in Fresno, California, for folks that don't know. And there was a time very early in my career, I think it was 05, 06, where the Fedra, uh, Fresno MSA was the number one market two years in a row. And I believe both times were over 20%. Let me just tell you, that is not healthy. No. And we that whole last year, that whole 06 was all fake, all ninja loans. Just we were, People were getting loans that shouldn't have. And then we paid the price. My market fell 75% peak to trough. And that was, that was painful. Um, so it's, it, it can, but yeah, that's hard, that's hard to imagine <laughs> a 75% drop. That's yeah. That's a real falling knife. Yeah. That's And it took five years just to kind of tie that out, right? This wasn't overnight. There's a lot of people that think housing crashes overnight and it's inelastic. It's, it's, it doesn't happen that way. So um, it was five, yeah. Yeah, five years in the making. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's another part of this is let's say we are working towards a 10% peak to trough. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and that takes two years to get there and we're kind of chipping away a little here, a little there. Well, you know, if you're somebody out there who doesn't own a primary home and you start doing the math and with rent and all of this other stuff, you know, uh, you know, is it worth waiting out for this potential drop? Or, you know, in, in, in your in your world, 
it, it seems like the smartest thing to do is just make sure you're not getting alligator properties, right? Like, oh, without right, question. Cash flows are cash flows, right? And if you were waiting out for, you know, well, and, you know, and I don't want to get too much into that side of it because it's speculation, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 if you're going to be an investor, right, which is, again, a part of the audience here, you have to get cash flow day one, never bet on appreciation, get fixed rate debt, take all the variables out that you can that can hurt you. A lot of people that are going to be filling the pain in the housing market today are people that got bridge debt or short-term debt. They were going to burr a property and they got a hard money loan. And there are going to be people that get hurt. There will be bankruptcies because of bad real estate investments, but it will be a very, very small sliver. And that will be absorbed in the market. Last time I saw from National Association of Realtors, the distressed sales doubled. It went up to 2%. Mm. So again, crazy. And and uh, here's the regional data. Case Schiller tracks 20 markets. Uh, this is pretty similar to what you'll see in any of these indexes, whether it's John Burns Real Estate, Zillow. Um, there's also Black Knight. Uh, it's an East Coast, West Coast divide right now. Yeah. Uh, the West Coast has just moved down faster. Uh, Denver 5, Vegas Vegas is down more than that. <laughs> it's got to be up to 9%. Yeah, yeah it's there's, a, there's a little bit of a lag here with these, you know, especially these two, but there's a lag with the case Schiller. Uh, but I think that Phoenix and Vegas are down more than this. San Diego, LA, San Francisco. It feels like San Francisco went down this fast in like three months. I, yeah, I think that's market is just, and, and Seattle, I think they're just very sensitive with rates in the stock market. And I agree. Very tech. Yeah. There's a lot of RSUs or option. Uh, and when you get scared, you don't buy, right? I mean, yeah. San Francisco's median price is like $1.8 million. You're not going to sign up for that mortgage payment very easily. Yeah. And then uh, on this side of the US, I would put these uh, markets more in the 1981 category in terms of what we've seen. Less right. than two, not even one in Chicago. Uh, and, and also keep in mind, we don't have a case Shiller index that dates back to then for resale. So it's very likely even though 1981 didn't get like the year over year drops, it probably was getting these month over month declines for sure. just here and there. For so sure. that's why I kind of, in my mind, in my mental model, I see these more of the 1981 category, mm -hmm. Detroit, Cleveland, uh, Boston's the most on the East coast at three, Charlotte, Atlanta, Tampa, Miami. Uh, and then if the last chart I have here is just, if we take everything back to March, 2020, look at March, 2020 change to October, 2022. So this would account for some of the declines we've seen recently, mm -hmm. even with an 11% drop, Seattle's still up 37%, uh, from March, 2020, yeah. uh, Portland, San, San Francisco's up the least to 26, um, yeah, the other thing I want to I want to highlight here is not only do you have appreciation, but you have probably locked in lifetime low thirty year debt. You have borrowed thirty year debt sub three percent. You are getting debt below the cost of the federal funds rate, which is now four and a quarter to four and a half. You are a genius, and you are not moving if you have this uh, going on. So it's crazy. Dallas forty eight percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Still. Oh, you got to see Florida. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> Tampa's the number one now uh, because of the drops in Phoenix. It took over number one in the case Schiller for pandemic. And, and that's what's happened recently is the drops in the Boise's and the Austin's and the Phoenix's have now taken 
the Florida markets and move them up more um, in terms of who has the most pandemic housing boom gains. That's uh, not necessarily a good thing. And I am no, it's generally Florida. speaking not a good thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. And my trees don't go to the heaven for a reason. Yeah. So Florida is a place to watch in 2023. Uh, uh, it's possible that there's just a lag between how they're reacting and how some hmm. of the boom towns in the Mountain West and the Southwest are reacting. So we'll yeah, it's going to be very again. Florida's you know migration, right? Do do they continue the kind of baby boomer migration where the people are leaving the cold going, uh, going south? Does does Florida become a tech boom, a Wall Street boom? We have all these companies move. I mean, it's it's going to be wild to watch in twenty twenty three. They still have high buyers because that's where they've been making some of their money to. Make oh up my goodness. No, folks, don't go eye buyers. No, that's where they're making up for all their losses. Yeah, they're they're still yeah. Uh, so there's still risk in this. There's those markets. Yeah, yeah. Is um, Open Door the last uh eye buyer left, or is Offer? I guess OfferPad and Open Door are both. Kind of. Yeah, they. You know, they're still trying to make it. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it'll be very interesting to, to yeah. see where those folks go in 2020. And, and not not many people know this, but uh, Open Door is actually a Fortune 500 company because of all really? this last year. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I'm you know I'm about to write a story with the headline: uh, ha Housing downturn sees Fortune 500 company fall. Fortune 500 company stock fall from 34 to one dollar. That that'd be Open Door. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know what the percentage is, but that feels like a 99% drop to me or thereabouts. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty high. Yeah. 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 Well, Lance, I appreciate all you do. I read your articles on Fortune. I clearly follow you on Twitter. Uh, if somebody wanted to do that, how would they do that? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at News Lambert. If you see something interesting about housing on Twitter, feel free to tag my handle into it and I'll take a look. And then if you want to read my articles, Google Lance Lambert Fortune, uh, and you can, uh, and I'll pop right up my author page. And then also, you know, every week I chat with you. So those are the three places people can find me. There you go. And Lance has his own playlist. Uh, it's called Lance. That's my sophisticated name for it. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you.